yo, yo, Icon Nation, what it is, man? It's your boy, Yerdy G. Icon Nation, Halloween never ends at the Toxic Icon. It's your boy, Nick. What's up, Icon Nation? It's your boy, Jalen Talley. And this is another episode of the Toxic Icon Podcast. And it's a real special one, y'all, because we doing a spoiler review on Five Nights at Freddy's. <sighs> Uh-oh. I don't know what that means. Well, Nick, I think I know what that means. You can go first, bro. Actually, I want y'all to go first. I want to go last. <laughs> Jalen, you can go first. I'm good. going last. All right, so if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably, I'd say I'd give it a, I want to, I'd say 7 out of 10. That's probably what I'd do. Okay, 7 out of uh, 10. Um, so parts that I did like was I thought the the actual special effects, like the, the them, like the animatronics, I thought that would, they were really realistic to me. I really thought they did a good job on that as far as making them seem actually alive and uh and just like um so that was really cool and like the special effects what i didn't like is like sometimes i felt like it was when they would do the flashbacks uh you didn't know what time it was like what like the setting or like if this is like you know like uh current you know like like the setting like where if it was like present day or if it was like so that that kind of I felt like sometimes when we were watching it, you're just like, you didn't know where it was taking place. Exactly. Uh, before I say anything, first off, uh, for you, for those of you that don't know what Five Nights at Freddy's is, it's a children's horror gaming franchise. Um. Oh my god, I don't care what y'all say, because I I need to speak my mind. So I feel like. For people who are diehard fans of the game, which I've only played one and three, this was a love letter to you all. But I'm a horror movie critic because I look for everything. I also, I suspend my disbelief as well when I need to, but two out of 10, hard two out of 10. Aesthetically and visually, the movie was great. But from a storytelling standpoint, I was lost. Like, I couldn't get invested into any of the main characters except for Mike and his little sister, Abby. Uh, William Afton, a.k.a. Steve Ragland, he was in the movie for, I think, a total of maybe six minutes. Like, why would you bring back the guy that made Stu Mocker famous and literally just dump him. Yeah. And then uh, the sound design was great. The animatronics were great. The practical effects were great. But from a storytelling standpoint, this movie is garbage. Take it's it away. Set. Take it away, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with y'all, man. I... I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction of what you already said, and I'm going to give this a solid eight out of ten. Delusional. Um, look, this is why. This is this is why I feel that this is an eight out of ten. For one, this is like you said, a children's horror franchise. I feel like a lot of horror fans went into this movie expecting the the biggest slasher of the year. I didn't go into it expecting that. I personally had fun 
and enjoying this movie and watching it for what it was. It did not have a lot of blood and gore. It didn't have a whole lot of kills and things like that. But what it did have was suspense. And I feel like they really capitalized on the suspense aspect in the movie, especially within the arcade. Like, y'all talked about how the sets looked good and everything. I mean, it was... I think the movie was set in the 90s, if I'm not wrong. That is that is where I had a problem with the movie. I wasn't able to really tell when this movie was taking place. I think it was present yeah. day. Are you sure it was present day? I think day? it was present day. That's what okay. was confusing, Because yeah. when, when he went, uh, you know, to do the job interview, or not an interview, but to you know find what? a different you job. Know what? Okay, I take that back. It was not present day. You, you, you were 100% right about that. He did go to like a like a job court type of place. He went to a job court type of place, yeah. I feel like it was set in probably the mid-90s because they kept referring to the fact that Freddie Fazbear's pizza used to be popping in the 80s is what they kept saying. So I was like, okay, this must be taking place in the 90s. So that that was a little obscure to me. I wasn't exactly sure of when, you know, when it was taking place and things like that. But as for the suspense aspect of it, I feel like that really drove this movie. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess and say 1993, maybe. Probably right around then. That's Nin- like I'm a, in, matter of fact, in between 93 and 96, probably. Yeah. Because uh, they had like car- career coaches, or that that what they call? Yeah. They had, they had like career they had coaches. career coach type of people back then, and there was no Indeed or actually. It definitely was the nineties because I didn't see anything about the internet on that movie. Yeah, and and if you trip off the like the cell phones that they had in the movie, it was very like first generation cell the big, phone, the big gray box, yeah, type of technology and things like that. So the the scenic side of this movie was ten out of ten. I think they drove the era that was ten out of ten. I think Abby, the the younger sister, who the movie was heavily centered around, I feel like she did a great job as a child actress. Um, I really thought it was on point, man. I, I I definitely enjoyed it, and like I said, I keep going back to the suspense thing because this is not one of those horror movies where people are getting slashed. If that's what you're expecting, this isn't the movie for you. But in terms of suspense, in terms of scenic work, uh, build ups, good build ups to get the crowd, you know, ready, even though that jump scare didn't necessarily happen, I feel like this movie had it. Okay, see. I'm still standing with my two out of 10 because y'all know, like, I'm big on storytelling. I'm big on a a forward-moving plot. Now, like I said, Mike and his sister Abby were the only characters I can get invested in. Like, and then I felt like uh, the writers, I felt like they, they think the audience is dumb because the whole exposition about what happened with his little brother, they kept bringing that back to us. Like, okay, we understand his little brother got taken. And they didn't really change too much each time they touched on that scene. I can agree with that. Like, okay, like, we're not done. Like, we know that, we know that Mike has trauma from this, which is why he beat the guy up in the mall. Right. We we know that Mike has trauma from this. We also know that he's struggling because he wants to figure out who took his little brother. But it's the fact that you all had to keep reminding us, hey, in case y'all forgot, his little brother got taken when he was 12. Right. They definitely kept 
revisiting that. And I feel like they did revisit it too many times. I think they went back to that dream sequence. Yeah, it was five or six times throughout yeah. the duration of the movie. Yeah, and then I like, mean the side characters too. I feel like the side characters they just they were just existing. There was there was no backstory on any of them. They didn't even give us a backstory on uh on William Afton. It was just he's a bad guy. We're putting him in in the last five minutes. That's it. We don't know like why he started doing this. Like. It was nothing. And then the cop, like, bro, she was a very undercooked character. I do feel they could have developed her character a little bit. Yeah. Like, she just. There was no backstory behind her. Yeah, she just. She popped up. Well, once, you know, once she realized Mike was working there, she popped up. She flirted with him a little bit. And she told him, don't bring your sister back or I'll shoot you. What kind of cop says that? If you bring your sister back, I'll shoot you. Well, what I thought was kind of goofy about. That was probably the fact that she knew that her dad was in there the whole time. Yeah. Because he is the the main aggressor in the movie. She knew he was in there the whole time, and she played dumb for a long time just to see how long it would take for him to figure it out. But when you got a movie that's centered around this guy's trauma, if he's going through traumatic things in his mind, why is he... When is he going to fixate on that and figure that out? He's got too much other stuff going on in his mind. Exactly, bro. And, I, and that just, they could have given us at least 30 minutes worth of uh worth of his spring trap body. At least 30. You know, show him, show him doing some of his own bidding a little bit. Or, you know, have Freddie and Bonnie and Chica and all that at least go get the people that are about to be victims and bring them to him. Mm. I feel like there definitely wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, background buildup toward those supporting animatronics. We knew about Freddie. They really didn't give him too much of an explanation within the episode, but as for Foxy, Chica, and Bonnie, there was nothing. Yeah. and like There was really nothing. But like, at the same time, if it was centered around his trauma, I don't really expect it to be as much, uh, you know, like, background build-up behind those characters. Yeah, and it's like you said, you know, it was... I didn't expect uh, I didn't expect a slasher, because for one, it's, oh. it's PG-13. So, yeah. you know, there's they only can so, only do so much. Yeah, exactly. There's only so much they can get away with in a PG-13 movie, as far as, like, the gore and, you know, slash effect. But that's where the, uh, the sound design came in, which I really love the sound design. Like, anytime those animatronics walked, you would hear the doo. Dude, dude, dude. Or like you were uh the beginning scene with that security guard. You could hear the bones crunching. The sound design was on point, And I feel like, like I said, the buildup, when you felt like there was going to be a jump scare, even if there wasn't one at the end result, the buildup was always there. And I definitely felt like there were a few scenes in here that were pushing the PG-13 boundary a little bit. It could have gotten, you know, yeah, like could have pulled an R rating, like like when they bit the the girl's head off. Yeah, yeah. like I was I was surprised that that made it in a, a PG thirteen. They showed the, they showed the shadow of it, but Blumhouse also did that to us in Halloween twenty eighteen. Remember when Michael was walking and he beat the old lady with the hammer? They showed yeah. the aftermath. Yeah, and something I read somewhere. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Um, 
even though that's rated R, which I found that was, which I found that was funny that they did that. Yeah, because they could have showed that. I mean, I don't know why they didn't. Because you know, I'm just glad he didn't kill the baby. <laughs> yeah, because I would have walked out the movie. Yeah. Let's see. This right here says Five Nights at Freddy's grossed 80 million domestically in its opening weekend, more than any other Blumhouse film, surpassing Halloween in 2018 with 76 mil. It's also the second biggest opening weekend gross for any film based on a video game after the Super Mario Brothers movie in 2023 mm. with 146 mil. So here's my thing. They're getting a sequel. Oh, they, they definitely yeah. are. Apparently, there's already been a contract signed for a second and third movie. So this thing, yeah, uh, Matthew Lillard, he signed on for three movies. So... Is this going to be based on the video game at this point all the way through, or are they going to go pull from the books? It's all going to be video game based. Because uh, the writer and the director had an uh, interview. Of course, it was, you know, before the strike and all that. But they had an interview, and she was saying that, you know, there's um, there's so much more that we can do if a sequel is granted, which they haven't confirmed it, but the amount of money that they made versus the actual budget to film they're getting that sequel. What they do it? I just hope that they learn from <laughs> everything that I did not like. I mean, what would not what would you do if you were directing it? But what what can Blumhouse do better to improve this for y'all? What do y'all think, Jalen? Um, I would say like what we talked about, like include a backstory to some of the characters, like definitely like. Uh, more on the cop, you know, yeah, so we Vanessa. can, yeah, Vanessa, so we can know like more about her. We never really just they just threw her at us. Uh, and the her dad, you know, give him like like how he started working there, why he does what he does. This you know the actual why he takes uh people. True. I also feel like Blumhouse actually told to the public that this movie was their uh their highest focus project this is what they were focused on they put exorcist believer out they put a lot of work into that but this movie was like jason blum said that this was the one that he wanted to get it right he wanted to get this done 100 percent, no missing holes right but this movie is creating a whole lot of controversy across the horror industry, man. A lot of people are feeling it. A lot of people are feeling it. Some people are indifferent, you know? See, okay, like I told you. I've it only, wasn't an automatic for a lot of people. I told you, I've only played one in three. I haven't played the rest of them. Okay. But I'm familiar with the lore of Freddy from playing the games. Right. I told you, just, it's, a, it's a love letter to diehard fans because there's so many Easter eggs in it. There's so many things from the game in it. But I just uh, I just don't believe that they did it right. I feel like there definitely could have been some emphasis on uh, what was going on in the arcade. Um, there could have been more of a backstory. You know, like when they showed the, the infomercial or the commercial with the worker and she was showing off the place and everything like that at the beginning of the yeah. movie? Like while they were in business. They could have pushed that a little bit more. They could have given us more of a backstory, even in that. I feel exactly. like we yeah, that. yeah. They could have. They could have given us uh, an exposition of where 
these kids that went missing that are now taking over, you know, the uh taking over the animatronics. Right. They could have showed the exposition of them getting killed. It definitely could have been better in that aspect. Um I feel like Blumhouse did okay with this one. I, I'm I'm kinda hit or miss with Blumhouse personally. I don't yeah, after, it, it really it really depends with a Blumhouse film, man. I'm not after Exorcist, I was like I was already done after Exorcist. But I had everything. to go see this one. Because I had I had high hopes. I mean, I feel like props to them for going and doing this about a video game and kind of um pushing the boundary a little bit. You know, a lot of these uh, companies are remaking classic horror movies and things like that, but they went the other direction and made this out of a video game. I think that's cool. Uh, they could have just delivered a little bit more of the storyline, and I know a lot of people wanted more kills, but once again, it's a PG-13 horror movie. This is going to be more of a suspense-based movie than a kill-based movie. It is. They're going to show you things that look dangerous, like it could be a kill, it's not going to always end the kill. I feel like they should have took a Marvel approach. When I say a Marvel approach, so uh, so some of the later Marvel movies, specifically Phase 3 and some of Phase 4, they, they took inspiration from the comics, like one specific comic or two specific comics, Stayed true to it, but then they add a little bit of their own flavor in the writing. So to basically spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Like, like okay. even if you have to add something that may not be a part of the original lore, go ahead and do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you know, if they would have went, I'll say, 60% faithful to the first game and the other 40% fresh writing. I think they would have had a solid eight or nine out of ten. I can I can see that because the director she did her thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like, and I just thought about something. But what if instead of this being surrounded by his trauma of his little brother being taken, if this was about the video game, maybe they could have just like really made this like the video game in real life meaning when he goes to work and he's sitting in the office looking at the uh the security monitors they should have played it like that and gone with more of a like paranormal activity approach yeah and then also in the video game mike is william afton's son right and if they would have gone with that approach he would have been like looking in the cameras and like you know, just like switching cameras all night long, switching the camera, yeah. looking at a different room. And as he's looking at a different room, Freddie shows up, Chica, Bonnie, whoever, right? I think that would have produced more jump scares as well. If they just would have... Sucked to that part of the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, kind of come away from the storyline because we didn't necessarily need that. We didn't need an ant. That's what we didn't need. Come away from that just a little bit. She was useless. And see what happens. She was useless, bro. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was trash. I'm sorry. She was. I, I didn't like her her character. I agree. I didn't. Like, she came in and she was just like, I'm taking her away. And if you don't sign, blah, 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 I'll take you to court, whatever. And then she had them two 
go in there and break everything. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cringe, personally. I thought that scene was kind of cringe because there was no, no alluding to that, no backstory. Where does she meet them at? Why is she trusting them? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying from a, from a storytelling standpoint, there's too many holes. Yeah, yeah from a storytelling standpoint, That's there were that. some holes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Man, I see why I gave it a two out of ten. Tell you, man, music, scenic work, camera work, special and the suspense is what gave it an eight for me. Storyline, hey, storyline or not, that suspense, that suspense did it for me. Especially the scenes um, when she realized, meaning when Abby, that was her name, right, Abby? Yeah. And Abby. Abby realized that those animatronics were actually not her friends. When it finally clicked in her head, the suspense going on in this movie right around that time when they took the camera down that long, like, concrete hallway and things like that. Come on, man. That suspense was perfect. I like the cupcake. <laughs> I do like the cupcake. That was that was good. The CGI action in here was was solid too. Yeah. yeah, it was really realistic. I felt like. I mean, it made me look at cupcakes different. I'm a little scared of cupcakes <laughs> now. <laughs> All right, give me a two tier cake and we up. I looked up. I looked up a whole bunch of reviews just to get people's uh <laughs> people's thoughts, you know what I'm saying? I know it's split. Let's see, let me find. I'm trying to find one that will kind of support all of us. Well, this one actually says even before the movie was released, producer Jason Blum said that it had already made back its budget from selling the streaming and theatrical distribution rights. This I know I you already I know you threw it a two out of ten, but this one was a hit. It was a hit, man. It really was. Solid hit. Yeah. Solid eight out of ten. I, it was a hit. Yeah, I gave it seven out of ten, so when we got done. I really thought you enjoyed it. So when you said that it was a two out of 10, I was shocked. When we got done watching it, I was like, that was great. I enjoyed it. I looked over at Yardy. I said, what'd you think of it? Yardy's like, two. <laughs> trash. Really? Trash. Throw the whole movie away. It was trash. I'm like, what? It was cool. Okay. So hmm. I watched the nun two before I watched this. Damn. He said he okay. watched it. You, you know how he feels about yeah. it. And then now, yeah, we, we already saw that. So. Not to go off topic, the Nun 2 was better than the first Nun. That was still garbage. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think the second one was better. I can agree with that. Like, I'm not negative, y'all, I promise. But I'm a horror movie critic. I love horror. I love movies. But this just ain't it for me. Do you think it was the lack of jump scares within the movie? I or mean, the lack, the lack, the lack yeah. of jump scares played a part because, as we stated, we knew it wasn't going to be a slasher. Yeah, I went I knew, into it knowing yeah. this is not going to be a slasher. I knew it was going to be some kind of killing going on. I knew majority of it would be off-screen kills, but man, I just I wanted so much more. Was it storytelling too? Yeah, it was storytelling. Yeah, it definitely was storytelling. That yeah. was that was one of the big things for me. Storytelling, the undercooked characters, 
They just like I said, I feel like they just knew that us as an audience were dumb the way they dropped the exposition of Mike's trauma so many times. Like, okay, like I understand he went through this, but are you just gonna beat me in the face with it? I just don't like the fact that the cop, Vanessa, just didn't warn him immediately. I feel like they could have built this story a lot more if she would have warned him as soon as she met him. Like, in a weird way, she did because she looked at him and she said, oh, none of the security guards that work overnight shifts here make it. Like, they don't last long. Yes, in a way, that was kind of a warning, but he took it. His character took it as, well, why not? Okay, so look, I have to be alpha for a second. Remember what she said to him? I try to tell you in my own way. Woman, right, yeah. woman, tell this man the reality and not what your emotions are telling you to say to him. Tell him, you're going to die. Yeah. She well, should have. She definitely should have. That's liked. a great question. Yeah. So, like, do you think that means probably she was probably like at first siding with her like dad? So that's probably like. Do you think that's that was a possibility? Yes, I believe. And that. then she changed her. She changed her whole. And then once she found out like what he or like what he was really doing, she like changed and didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, I believe that she was. She was working for her dad at first, but then once she found out that Abby was there, yeah, he had to change her heart. But I still, like I said. She was not speaking from a place of reality. She was speaking from a place of emotion and covering it up. I tried to tell you in my own way. What? You trying to tell me that I should stop working here in your own way? Instead of saying, hey, Mike, uh, stop working here because uh, you're going to die. But instead, none of the guards here ever last. People say that all the time about jobs. When I worked at Spectrum, they got a high turnover rate, and I worked there for four years. Sales is a hard job. I succeeded at it. See, I also feel like her character also remember when he told her to come with him when he was finally, he was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to go in here and end it, end it myself, right? Mm-hmm. He told her to go with him. She looked at him and said, no. She was like, I can't go because if he's in there, then it'll be a problem for me, right? So I hear what y'all were saying in terms of, like, she was siding with her dad, but I don't even think she was siding with her dad. I think she knew if she went in there, she was going to go too. Like, she she knew that her dad already, like, he had it out for her as well. So you think that he... So she's like, I ain't going in there okay. because like he, like you're he, not going to make it. Like, he wanted to kill her all along. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I can see that. I felt like she like was with him at the beginning, but like once the movie progressed, like I said, then I think she kind of changed her heart once she found out his sister was there. I I believe if Abby wasn't there, I don't think she probably would have cared about Mike at all, really. Mm-hmm. She flirted a little bit. I mean, yeah, I yeah. couldn't tell if it was going to be some sort of a like a love story at the beginning or. What? Oh, they're they on Corey Cunningham us. Because <laughs> right. at first, I mean, it looked like she was, she was flirting with him, but it looked like she was a little more concerned. And then probably the game is turned to like, I warned you, and you still not listening. 
And then it went from that to, well, now you're not listening. Now you're about to find out. And by the way, I'm not going to come help you. You know what, Blumhouse? Just sell the rights to uh, Radio Silence. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second. What's your opinion on Blumhouse as a whole right now? I feel like we kind of share a okay. mutual opinion about Blumhouse, Blumhouse movies and things like that, but... Um, only thing that's keeping me on the Blumhouse train is those two movie trailers we saw, Imaginary. Imaginary and Night Swim. Yeah, yes. Night Swim looks dope. Yeah, that that's the only thing good. because... Yeah, that, one, that uh, did look really good. Blumhouse been striking out with me. Like, Halloween ends. <sighs> yeah. I think it's hit or miss. Like, we've all agreed. I definitely agree with that. Like, we've all said, um, it just depends on the movie. I think, like, when you said if it's an independent film, like, or, like, I think they're good at it. But if they're, but when they make remakes, I think that's kind of like the problem. They, that, they, that's they, exactly they what it like, is. I really like, I enjoyed it. I thought Megan, Megan was a great film. They did. I think the Black Phone was an amazing film. That was a great one that they did. Uh, so those two, I'd say probably like my two top as far as Blumhouse. Yes, that's exactly what it is. When they do their own, their own original movies, perfect. Like you said, Megan, Black Phone. Honestly, those are perfect movies in my opinion. But then when they do these IPs, okay, so Halloween 2018, perfect. After rewatching it, I love it even more. Halloween Kills was what I expected it to be. The most aggressive Michael Myers ever. Yeah, that was not really a driven story, but that's what I knew I was going into that, so I wasn't mad about that. And then Halloween Ends was literally just a remake of Christine. This is what I said the other night. I feel like Blumhouse needs to have two different categories. You need to have Blumhouse Horror, where that's where your Halloween kills, your uh what they insidious. They did Insidious, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think, yeah, they did. That's where all of that will fall into play, right? And then you need to have your Blumhouse thrillers. And that, I feel, is what this is. This is more of a suspense type of thing. It's more of a thriller. Megan was a hit. If you think about Megan, it, was. it wasn't too much. I mean, there was, it was a little more slash heavy than Five Nights at Freddy's. However... That was still a PG-13 thriller. But it was an overall great movie. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. Megan, Megan was a solid I, Yeah, I loved it. Okay. But it I feel really like good. Blumhouse is hit or miss. In Do you that know time. what? Okay. David Gordon Green's the problem. Why you say that? He's dark. Okay, the movies that, that we think are bad, he has directed. Now, David Gordon Green is a great director, but I feel like he either has burnout or he gets to a point where he just doesn't know what he wanted to do, and then he's like, okay, let's try, let's just try stuff. Just try it, like, work on the fly and see what happens. Yeah. Like, okay, like I said, that Halloween franchise, it drastically went down after the first one. And then they rushed, they rushed Halloween ends so they can... Actually, no, 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 I lied. They worked on Halloween ends and The Exorcist at the exact same time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Like, not like back to back, but at the same time. That's where they need to take a page out of Marvel's book. Because originally, they filmed Avengers Infinity War and Endgame back to back. 
But then they realized Endgame is a terrible movie. So they went back and reshot for almost a full year. So you feel like if they would slow down a little bit, go back to the drawing board, take these films back, and elaborate on them a little more than that? They need to get rid of... I forgot the guy's name because uh, he did the writing on, uh, on I think, Halloween Ends, and he also did the writing on Exorcist Believer. It's, it's David Gordon Green's friend. I just don't remember his name. But they need to get rid of him. He's the problem, too. So I feel like if they would reconstruct the team, like not 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 get rid of David Gordon Green, because I said he's a he's a very great director. When he hits, he hits. When he misses, he extremely misses. He airballs. But they need to reconstruct the team. Like I said, um, like bring James Wan on for at least three movies, see how it works out. And as far as writers, Akella Cooper. She did Hellfest. She did Malignant. She she made The Nun 2 better. Still yeah. trash, but... <laughs> yeah, like, Akella Cooper is a very good writer. True. I, def- I definitely get what you're saying there. Um, Even, matter of fact, the, the creative team from Saw 1 and Saw 2 and Saw X. On a, on a scenic standpoint? No, or from a writing, from a standpoint. writing standpoint. Because okay. think about it, we you know we went to go see Saw X. The movie was nowhere in, the movie wasn't perfect, but it was nowhere near trash either. The movie in my no, eyes was no, a nine out of ten. Yeah. It was good. It had a solid story. You you were and this is the first time that me as a viewer, I looked at John Kramer not as a villain, but I empathized with him. I did empathize with him also. At the beginning, especially at the beginning of the movie, and I'm not gonna spoil it because that's still in theaters. Make sure y'all go see Saw X. Really, it's on digital now. Is it? Yep. Well, either way, make sure y'all see it. Um, but I did empathize with him. I didn't. I didn't look at him as as a villain. Yeah, like they made you get into the mindset of he's about to die from cancer. They did him wrong after he paid. I think it was like three hundred and fifty thousand for the treatment that they never even provided him with. So they got what they got coming. Very heavy. Yeah. Very so, heavy first, first 10, 15 minutes of that movie. Extremely heavy. Yeah, like that movie got me in my feelings a little bit. And that's exactly what they were going for. But yes, I just, I believe that if Blumhouse, if they just reinvent the wheel a little bit, not completely, but just make some adjustments, they would make better movies when it came to these IPs. Well, we'll see what happens when we get this, uh, this second Five Nights at Freddy's. Because you know it's coming. Yeah. Even the ending, it the movie got intense, and and by the end, I mean it. It definitely felt like they left room wide open for a sequel, and then to go and find out that there is a contract signed for a second and third one means they got they definitely have a chance. I don't think Blumhouse is going to fall completely flat footed with the entire trilogy, so. We'll see what happens. Um, I think if they can really treat this like an original instead of an IP, if they can just tap into that mindset of it being an original, then Blumhouse might be in the pocket with this one. Right. If Universal can get 100 houses, right? That's definitely coming. That are better than the movie. Then they should be able to get this. That's definitely coming, I feel. I I mean, I... 
The movie itself is big, man. Tell me, Jason Blum, please uh, contact Radio Silence to write the second film. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Like you said, just to go back to what you said about Blumhouse IPs versus Blumhouse Originals and things like that. The two that they teased before we watched Five Nights at Freddy's, Imaginary and Night Swim, I feel like those are going to be Blumhouse bangers. Yeah, Night Swim looks really good. I, 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 don't, looks... I don't feel like either of those are going to yeah, miss. I think I those would be good. Okay. I think that was an alien in Night Swim. I couldn't tell what it was. Because, it was... okay, they only showed it for like, what, like two, a half a second or two seconds? Yeah. The, like, you can see the back of the head and I think the shoulders. It looked like an alien. They could be going for like an alien type of uh, type of vibe there. Either that or like some creature from the Black Lagoon type. Which would be cool because nobody has even tapped into or that thing. recently at all. But, oh, okay. See, pure Blumhouse fashion. The voice... I believe that's the same voice from the demon Lamash to in Exorcist Believer. So, like, I won't spoil nothing, but he spoke at the end. He said the little girl's name. And I'm like, that sounds like... I don't know. Yeah, because y'all didn't see it yet, so I don't want to spoil it for y'all. Yeah. No, I'm going to make sure I see it. Um... I mean, I'm about no, to. I'm, I mean, about, that'll be I'm about to still look Blu-ray just so I can add it to my collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably never gonna get open. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you gotta, you can't stand that movie. It's just, uh, I, don't know. I mean, I also feel like the one imaginary, imaginary really caught my attention. Both of them did. Night Swim caught my attention. I definitely would love to go see both of them. But imaginary actually, before they flashed the title, actually had me thinking that this was a Megan sequel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because of the aesthetics, exactly. But I do feel like this movie is going to be built upon Megan principles, if that makes sense. Definitely the 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 basis of the idea. People are not done making horror movies relating with dolls and things like that. I feel like they may have a, a banger on their hands with that one. I don't remember too much from the trailer just sitting here thinking about it but i do remember the intensity of the trailer and i feel like yeah imaginary was vague yeah it was real vague it was just like boom 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 title card but but honestly that that title opens up doors for you to think and kind of play on what you saw and trying to decide what this movie may be about imaginary that name opens up the doors for a whole lot of different thoughts Personally, that's what I think. I think, I mean, it could be anything. You said it very vague. It could be a very vague movie. It could be one of those movies where they give you a little bit and then you are forced to, like, drive your thoughts to kind of create what this movie was about. Oh, wait, so to reference Blumhouse, again, I forgot. So did Blumhouse, they also made Smile, didn't they? they yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, they so, did smile, didn't so they? I will put that also as... A absolute banger. That was a great movie. The smile was really good. So I would say that's a, another great. As far as good movies Blumhouse has made, I would say that's on the list. I think so. Smile was hard. Yeah. And I think I also think the marketing that Blumhouse did for that movie was great because they just put actresses everywhere in public and in the most random of places. And they would. Do you remember when they were doing that? Mm-hmm. Like they had, they had people with 
smile t-shirts on at major sporting yeah. events just sitting in the audience. And they would zoom in from a random standpoint with a camera and take a picture of it. I saw that on TikTok. Yeah, they had man, that was, that was a solid marketing game. I mean, you see why Insidious is so popular because it's an original. You got They got to treat these, these remakes like an original. If they are getting to the point where people trust them enough to go back and take these classical horror movies and remake them, then they got to treat them like originals. So that may mean add something. That may mean take some things out. People may not even want some of these things taken out, but it might work. And if it works, then it works. Because I feel like Blumhouse is just so hit or miss. I don't I don't completely dislike Blumhouse, but it's, it's hit or miss. There's some yeah. movies that I know they, that they want, people want certain movies to be remade, and I don't even want Blumhouse to touch it because it's like, I don't know. I'm just glad they didn't get their hands on Friday the 13th. I was actually just about to say that's one that I know people really want to be remade, but I would leave that to Radio Silence personally. Damien Leone. Yeah, that'd be good too. Yeah, it's, just certain, it's just certain movies that, unfortunately, you, you just don't want them to touch. You're just not sure about it. And that would be one. Jeepers Creepers would be another one. I know people want that to come back. I'm done with Jeepers Creepers, man. You, Jeepers, Creepers, Jeepers <laughs> Creepers 3 was terrible, and Jeepers Creepers Reborn they is just, just unwatchable. Re- that one was recent, though, right? Reborn? Yeah. That's, like how that recent? Was, like two, three years? No, last year. Last year. Okay, that movie yeah. was unwatchable. I don't have to go see it. That's how I know it didn't hit. And then, like, they just they didn't care to put anything into the movie. Like, Sometimes you can actually tell that he had a latex mask on. So it was bad from a visual standpoint as well. The movie as a whole, the character development, zero. Who did that movie? Uh, I don't remember the dude's name. Because, you know, of course, the original guy, you know, all those his legal issues. Right. He's like a... I don't know what word I can't say on YouTube. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know the words I can't say. Sorry, y'all. I don't live in that world. I live in reality. I uh, just, uh, yeah. It's just certain movies Blumhouse got to stay away from. Some movies that I do want them to, like, take and and see what they can do with it. Um, I know certain movies, like, like I said, like Gothica with Holly Berry, I've seen rumors about them wanting to bring that out the vault and remake no, it. No, no. I don't want them to. No, just leave that as it is. That's a classic. Yeah. I don't want them to, but usually the movies that we don't want to be touched end up getting touched anyways. They're going to redo Pet Cemetery again. They already did. Yeah, they did no, already. They're do <laughs> oh, like another actual reboot? Because I was about to say, yeah, uh, the prequel just came out, so yeah. I'm Plus. Yeah, they're going to do another. I actually, I just watched the original Pet Cemetery last night for the first time in a while. And I I kind of feel like that one should have been left. It's a great movie. It's a great classic. It's great the way it was. Why why you got to bother it? You just got to leave certain movies alone, man. I don't know. We'll see. Some horror movies I'm excited for that are coming up would be Thanksgiving. Yeah. That movie is going to be crazy. That looks so good. We need a poo too. <laughs> nah, no, I don't know, man. They got a bigger budget this time around. I might watch it. I don't know why they're making a second. <laughs> they should have just stopped it. Uh, one, I'm like, 
Yeah, it's just one out right now. I mean, no, I'm saying they should have stopped there. I don't know why they're making a second one. Because mm. people went to the movies. They made <laughs> that, the movie made enough money, and they did that with like it was a very low budget movie. They didn't have a whole lot of money for real, and they sold and they sold the distribution rights to Peacock. Uh, mm. So will it be on Peacock and in theaters? It they might they might let it do its theatrical run and then drop and it on put Peacock. it somewhere else. That'll mean that'll it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens because, like I said, in the uh, episode we did with Killjoy Jake, shout out to Jake. Uh, they're going to make a Peter Pan. They're going to make Snow White. They're going to do all of those movies, anyways. Snow White was in public domain because you know Disney is doing the. There's a lot of them that are in public domain now. For a while, it was just Winnie the Pooh. I think they did the Grinch too. Did they already do it or they're Yeah, about it, it came out. It's called it's called the mean one. Uh, I have to see that. I didn't even know that was out. So it looked like the Jim Carrey's uh iteration of the Grinch. Except he looked a little bit angrier. Oh, okay. We'll see. I had to go check it out. Did you watch it? Nah, he was a murderer though. Well, we're gonna see what happens with it. That's gonna be interesting. I don't know. It it just it, it really depends on, you know, where horror is going and like what movies they they feel can be rebooted, what movies they feel can uh, be touched, and what movies they feel they shouldn't. And I personally don't think everything needs to be rebooted. Friday the yeah, 13th needs to be left alone. Nightmare on Elm Street can come back. It just depends on who does it. Blumhouse Ligma. <laughs> what do you think, Jalen? Um, I agree, yeah. Um... I think it just depends on what the what the movie is. Certain uh, movies, um, but then there are some that are just like I said that are classics, and they should just leave well well enough alone. So uh, yeah, like when they remade Fright Night. What was it like uh, ten ish years ago? They yeah, had probably uh, around ten years ago. Yeah, Colin Farrell. That was actually a good movie. It was more on the cheesy comical side. But it was still a pretty good movie. You know who I just thought about could get a hold of something like a Friday the 13th or something like that? And y'all may laugh at me, I don't know. But Jordan Peele. Yeah. Now hear me out, hear me out. Think about Nope. Nope, specifically. Think about Nope. It was a good movie. It was. Solid. And they played on his dreams a lot within that movie. Not even like his dreams while he was sleeping, but like his daydreams when he was thinking about. Jordan Peele, I I think, could sell uh, a Friday the 13th. See, I don't, I don't like him for it. So what'd you think of the, actually like, the, the 2009 one? Did you guys see that one? The Friday yeah, the, the, Friday the 13th? Yeah, yeah, that's, one, that's the best kept secret right there. Yeah, I think as far as remakes, I think that one was, that was a good one. I, uh, as far I thought as it was like, good. Yeah. I didn't think it was. And they also made it like this one actually about him instead of like since it's called Friday the 13th instead of his mom, it just is actually Jason this time. Uh huh. So, yeah. And then they kind of, they low key kind of made Jason self aware. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had no, bird traps set up and everything. Mm-hmm. You know what else I'm excited for? Terrifier 3. Yeah. yeah, buddy. Oh man, Terrifier 2 went back in theaters to, today, Wednesday. Yeah. 
Yeah, Terrifier. Yeah, it did go back in. It went back. It went back in theaters today, and the there's a teaser for Terrifier three at the end, which Damien Leon said is not just footage from Terrifier two. So now it's like, did they just film stuff for a trailer, or did they actually start work on the movie? I, like, I think they did because I've heard it's supposed to come out next year in 2024. Yep. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like they definitely have already started working on Terrifier Three. Um, it had to be pre-strike though, because he mentioned the strike in one of his interviews. Yeah. In other words, they probably already got some of it filmed, and they're gonna come with the rest of it later. And this heard, is what I think. I heard it's that. supposed to be set during Christmas time too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly that's exactly where I was going with it. I think they are going to take Terrifier 3 and turn this into a Christmas slasher. Y'all know how I feel about Christmas and slashing at the same time. I think it's mad cringe, but but <laughs> we're gonna see what happens. Nick, what is cringe, bro? It's horrible. I'm serious. Like I'm I'm asking because you cringe know cringe means if my skin crawls yeah. because it was okay. corny and I didn't like it. It was cringe. If you get the bumps. Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, so I'm asking because uh you know, Carly a little younger than me, bro. Okay. And like sometimes like when you texting, she uh like I have to ask, like, what are you what are you talking about? Because she used abbreviations and I'd be like, What? Well, she'll say cringe. cringe. She never said cringe, but she's like she's in that age bracket of people that talk like I don't talk. Mm. Well, yeah, it just means corny. Yeah, Really? Corny, or, or cheesy. Or like cheesy, yeah, or just like... Yeah. Same thing. And I just personally feel like Christmas and horror being put in the same movie It's together. corny. Yeah, it's Or it's kind of like dumb. Kinda okay. like. I didn't enjoy the Krampus movies. We, like, we yeah, get, Krampus trash, bro. We could do an episode about that one day, but like I I wanna I'm going to give Terrifier three a chance because I feel like they're going to take this one ain't going to be cute and the you first yeah this and the first two were good too so I, yeah I, and I the enjoyed. first two were solid so yeah so yeah uh yeah I'm the old <laughs> <laughs> it's the grandpa of the group yeah I'm for real like I, I don't be knowing half the stuff is I be having to ask her like huh well. There it is, man. Terrifier 3 probably will be a Christmas movie. And uh, I'm pretty it, excited about low it. Low-key confirmed, because cool. did, did you see the poster? I did see the poster. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if that was an official. Yeah, it's got the QR code. With uh, QR code takes you to articles about the movie. Um, So I believe that he's not going to, like, kill... Santa on some supernatural stuff. It might be like a he killed a Santa in the mall. Uh, I think this is going to be. This is just my stab at it. I feel like this is going to be Art the Clown and Santa don't get along. I feel like Art the Clown is coming for whoever he wants to go after, mm-hmm. and Santa it just got so in his way to be on Christmas, right? Yeah. Santa's in his way, so who gets slashed him as well as yeah. whoever's in the I've house. heard also too, I don't know if it's still the case, but I they were saying that uh Lauren Lavera, who was in the second one, it's she like um she's supposed to be in this one too. Like so like Terrifier two, it's supposed to like there's so he's kind of like it's gonna follow 
the second one. Mm-hmm. So she's probably she might be in this third. I one hope too. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Let's see what happens with it. Jake, that's my girl, bro. The comic, yeah, the Comic Con <laughs> or, or, or at that horror event. Yeah. Oh my god, bro. Oh, I, I I died, man. Yeah, you you had a whole moment. I did. Like I've never acted like that over anybody. That was the coolest part about being at the at a straight up horror con. It was just like seeing all of these. uh Actors and actresses that were there and all of these classical horror movies, you never thought you'd be able to meet them, and they just right there. All you got to do is get in line. Man, bro, like, y'all know how much I talked about Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. And so for us to just happen to walk up on the cast there. Yeah, bro, I had that moment. Speaking of Days of the Dead Atlanta, Toxic Icon. We will be there. there. We're going to be there. We will be there. I'm excited about that con, man. I looked up some vlogs about days of the dead horror con and uh for one it looks like one of the bigger cons going on in the country Ooh, too. Okay. that it's like days of the dead monster palooza and uh what's the one in la we talked to miss summer scream, scream yeah, yeah those seem like the the big ones and Scarefest was awesome i'm sure we'll be back for that one next year Scarefest. Yeah, fear expo we coming up fear too. expo what evansville yeah, we That's not, gonna be cool. We yeah, not staying in the hotel it. this time. Nah, man, we that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that, man. <laughs> I'm so mad because like Plum, like Plumhouse did us in, man. They did you in. They I did enjoyed do it. Me yeah, in. I, I yeah, thought I it thought, was hard. Yeah, I thought, I thought I, it was hard. I liked it. I just get a different writing team, man. Stop hiring. David Gordon Green's partner. Make sure y'all go see Five Nights at Freddy's. If you liked it, just tag me in a comment. Time is running <laughs> out. I fight so. back. It's like, I fight back. Y'all got anything else? Anything else y'all want to close out with? Subscribe on YouTube, Patreon. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Donate. Um, the dark, the haunted house season is over, so no more of that. And the haunted house season is over, but like I said in the beginning, Halloween is always on 24-7. Here at Toxic Icon, and we're going to keep it rolling all year long is what we do. Yes, once again, this was another episode of Toxic Icon Podcast. I am Yardy G. Nick. Jalen Tally. And as always, stay toxic. All right.